everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast where we ask the question, remember the odds? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. I'm Courtney. And I am Tom. I think we should start before we get into this. Like, yeah. it's By the time this comes out, it'll be old news, but we have to address at least a little bit this, okay. like, big music festival that's happening in Las Vegas. Oh my god, I talked to my therapist about that today. <laughs> you did? Yeah, because I have my Emo's Not Dead sweater on. So my doctor asked me, is that like a festival? And I was like, no, but there's a new one coming out. And he's like, oh, that's rad. <laughs> so, so we talked about emo music and 80s music for a hot minute. Yeah. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, they mm-hmm. the I, I found this from the main, which I saw the main live a long time ago. Oh, you poor thing. They're a bunch of pervs. Oh, Jesus Christ. Of course they are. Yeah. 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 Um, but there is a festival that's going to happen in Las Vegas in October, I think. It's called When We mm-hmm. Were Young. Of course, it's called that. <laughs> Headlined by My Chemical Romance Paramore featuring AFI, The Used, Bring Me to the Horizon, Taking Back Sunday, Dashboard Confessional, Acoline Trio, Manchester Orchestra, Day to Remember, Peace to Veil, I Prevail, The Story So Far, okay. Dance, Gavin, Dance, All okay. American Rejects, Boys Like Girls. Uh, I don't have to go over all of them. But right, right. You get you get uh, the point, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm i glad that we're talking about this. Um, and like you said before, when we start talking about other things, it usually means we don't want to talk about the thing we have to talk about. I don't hate the uh, thing we're going to talk about today. But it, no, it, there's not, no. there's only, there's not a lot I can say other than it's better. Right. Right, we can be a little bit more positive about it. Um, But, you know, I'm just surprised that they were able to get all those bands for the concert because I would imagine that a lot of them have back problems now. Yeah. It's just being old. Um, That being said, I think My Chemical Romance released a cassette tape of their, like, greatest hits and I really want it. Okay, Mm -hmm. I gotta get Mm -hmm. that. Um, Mm -hmm. something I will say, I guess it's all in the same vein, like similar genre, similar scene, but some of these Mm -hmm. bands aren't old. Like, um, like, what is it? Uh, Ice, Ice Nine Kills, which I started to kind of like, is like a horror uh, metalcore band. And then Knocked Loose. Those aren't like 2000s bands. Well, Ice Nine Kills has been around for a while, but like. Knocked Loose especially, they're like a newer band. Like, they're definitely, like, I like them a little bit. They're definitely new hardcore. They're not from this generation. Mm -hmm. I guess you gotta have the old with the new. Yeah, I mean, I I still wish that the bands that they were gonna have there made more sense then. I mean, I think that, like, the headlining bands are all really great. I think that people will be really excited for Paramore and My Chemical Romance, obviously. But I feel like also, who do they think can afford these tickets? Because it's not the millennials. Yeah, it's um because I think it's like $300 or something like that or close to it. Yeah. And then you have to yeah. fly to Las Vegas. Yeah, and then you have to stay in Las Vegas of all places. Oh, you know who's playing? 303 is playing. I saw that. <laughs> 303. I saw that. Oh, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Uh, Call uh-huh. back to that episode. There are some bands on that list where I'm just like, why Why this band? Like, um, Dance Gavin Dance. Did anybody actually listen to them? I think some people did, but not me. Right. 
Right. And are the killers on it, too? I'm trying to find the poster. I don't think the killers are on it. Yeah, they're not. See, that's weird that the concert name is referring to the killers, but the killers aren't actually in That's what I was going to say. Like, it's like when we were young, but it's not. The killers aren't on here. Actually, let me double check. Yeah, I'm looking, too. Alkaline Trio. I like Alkaline Trio. Yeah. I'm sorry to our listeners. If you hear weird noises, it's my neighbors. They decided to vacuum right now. Oh, yeah, they're bowling inside again. Yeah, I can noise remove it, but... Also, the Linda Lindas are brand new. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it is? It's like, I see a Knock Loose fan liking all this music, so I guess that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. It is nice to see the starting line logo up there. Why isn't Sugar Cult on this list? Jeez, guys. (laughs) No Sugar Cult? No Sugar Cult. What? Canceled. Posers. How dare they? A bunch of posers. (laughs) Um, I mean, it is exciting to see this kind of show come back. I think the hunger is there. I just... Yeah, Do you know what it is? The hunger is there. I just wished we would invest more in the new bands. Like, I don't think... I, I would love to see Mike Hem. I think it's great. I don't think I don't oppose mm-hmm. to this music festival, but I would still prefer like we can't just keep banking on legacy acts. Like I'm sure knock mm-hmm. loose. Like that's what made festivals work. Like when we went to Warp Tour, it's not like we were going to see every single band because they were a part of our childhood. You were going yeah. for like one or two bands and then you discovered other bands. Like I think that's what Yeah. Like, I guess they're afraid to do that because, like, the last 10 years, big music festivals haven't been music festivals. I'm sorry to people who love Coachella and Izu and EDC, but, like, let's just be honest. You went for the experience. You didn't go because you liked the band. You went because uh, that was just the culture of the 2010s was, like, I'm paying for the experience. That's, like, that's why we get Fire Festival, you know? Like, that's... Yeah, exactly. maybe this will spark, like oh, there is passion for this type of music. Let's just restart. Like maybe they'll have like a, like a traveling festival that features a whole bunch of new bands. Like I, like knock loose can easily sell out as like, you know, sell out a, you know, a venue. I don't know about a stadium, but like, how do you get there? You have to start like touring. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. These are just my thoughts. Well, the Linda Lindas are a really good example. They've gone viral on the internet, but they're still a bunch of very, very young girls. So they can't possibly do a big festival on their own. And, like, for that reason, it makes sense to me that they would be on a festival. But this does feel like they want to... Somebody wants to invest in a surefire hit and then maybe consider doing something more. Um... It does make me feel good that they that the, this festival is happening. I'm just not sure, you know, how it's going to go and also, like, how many people they expect to fly out to Las Vegas for it. I mean, when we were talking about seeing My Chemical Romance in Brooklyn, it was still, like, $200 a ticket. And even then, we were like, well, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, it's a big commitment. Yeah. So, I don't know. I've seen Jimmy Eat World a couple of times. They're really, really great live. They're so much fun live. But not enough for me to fly all the way out to Vegas. Yeah, I'm just going to comfortably say, unless something happens, I'm not planning on flying to Vegas. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what millennials have this kind of money. But I don't know. kudos to them if they do. Yeah. 
Yeah. But with that, let's talk about today's episode. Let's talk about yes. it. What do you want to do you want to talk about? We're going to talk about <laughs> the Fantastic 4 Rise of the Silver Surfer. Your encounter with the surfer has affected your molecules. It could cause you to temporarily switch powers. You like volunteer? Oh my god! Come on! You can't handle this alone. Everywhere this thing goes, eight days later, the planet dies. All that you know is at an end. In this movie, the villain is, you know, Capri Sun guy. A big cloud. <laughs> yeah, a big cloud. <laughs> do you like smog? Oh, do you remember? Also, the Green Lantern did the same shit. They just made yeah. the villain a big cloud. But at least in that one, they gave yeah. him a face. It was a stupid face, but he had a face. Well, even then, I was kind of like, this looks like another comic book villain that I know. And it totally looked like Galactus. Yeah. Um, when you had told me that Galactus was in it, and it makes sense because, you know, in the Fantastic Four story arc, that is the big villain. Like, that is it. Uh, but it just... I mean, I think at the beginning of the movie, you get, like, cloud thumbs. You get some cloud thumbs, some thummy boys. That's about it. Yeah. It's, it's a huge letdown. Oh, yeah. And, like, so I have a little bit of history. I know a little bit of history okay. of the of the Silver Surfer and mm-hmm. Galactus because they're inherently tied. Totally. Yeah, so for those not familiar, I love the Silver Surfer as a character, actually. Like, Yeah, yeah, as a character, the Silver Surfer is very interesting. Also, he's just a cool design. Like, he's, like, yeah. he's, you know... That's that classic Jack Kirby artwork with this weird cosmic, like, like celestial celestial on a surfboard. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about that too. I was just like, this is such a product of the '60s that he is this like out of outer space, like ominous being who seems just like super intelligent beyond the human race, and then he's got a surfboard. Yeah. So. When it comes to Silver Surfer, his origin, they co- it, they do a little bit of it in the movie. Mm-hmm. But essentially, like, his, he is from Zen La, and his planet was, like, a race of people who've kind of, like, perfect, like, reached the pinnacle of evolution and, like, scientific achievement. But then is being mm-hmm. destroyed by Galactus, which, if you're not familiar with Galactus, he's, like, he is a celestial in the Marvel Universe that exists to eat planets. Mm-hmm. Like I'll never forget. He is one of the big baddies. Yeah, like I'll never yeah. forget this um, Nick Offerman stand up where he talks about Galactus and he's just like, <laughs> he eats plants. You don't know Galactus? Galactus is amazing. Marvel Universe, he's enormous. He, he's purple. He looks like he's got a end table upside down on his head. He's so big that he eats. Please don't say pussy. I was going to say that he eats planets. How yeah, much cooler yeah. can you get than that? Like, I'll, I'll never forget yeah. that. But, like, like Galactus is tied. Like, it's one of those weird, like, story arcs that the movie completely ignores. Like, 
Galactus is like a necessity for the universe to exist. If he dies, then the universe dies with him. So it's like this weird like power of man versus nature. And then the surfer was a man named Norn Rad, who sacrifices his life to become Galactus's herald so that he will spare mm-hmm. his planet. So it's a tragic story. He loses his life and his love to save the planet, but now he has to help Galactus feed on other planets. Right. He sort of becomes his, like, Mercury or Hermes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's... He's, like, the messenger. That's, like, a quick wrap-up of the Silver Surfer and Galactus. Um, I, have a, I have a quick question about Silver Surfer. Sure. Um, at any point in, you know, his comic book arc, did they ever mention the ability to uh, project on his abs? No, that is entirely from no? the movie. That wasn't included? No, that was that was 100% the movie. <laughs> he was like, let me tell you a story. And then she looks down at his abs and I'm like, what is happening here? Yeah, that is not, that is a movie specific power because that does not exist outside of this movie. Like, I, at least I don't, that, th- at least I haven't seen. Yeah, that was so wild to me. There was a show on Fox, an animated cartoon on Fox about the Silver Surfer. And I'm not going to lie. And shout mm-hmm. out to Yonel, who's not here. He and I both Yonel. loved that cartoon. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. It was like Saturday morning cartoon of the Silver Surfer and his adventures. It was a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. I love the Silver Surfer. I just feel like based on, I remember the advertisements and the trailers and he's in the name. He's in the name for the sequel. And I still feel like he wasn't in it enough. No, because there's also like this movie. Yeah. I will say I like this a lot more. I found it actually at times yes. endearing. And not, um, like, the first movie is just unbearable. Yeah. And all the action and all the drama is caused by them themselves. Like, Okay, I have a quick question, though. What do you think is worse? The first Fantastic Four movie or the Stephanie Myers, the host? Interesting. Because I completely forgot we watched that movie. We did watch The Host. And that was we did watch the and host. painful. But I still think Fantastic Four is worse. You do? Yeah. Interesting. Because, like... Huh. I think because, like, Host was just so boring that I could zone out. Fantastic Four, I right. think I was just adamantly frustrated by what was going on. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that... I'm glad that... Ian Grufford didn't do such an exaggerated American accent this time. It feels like he had more control over it. And I feel like the pacing was better. And just in general, I think Jessica Alba stopped being like dull and serious. Although she was told by the director to stop crying for real yeah. and just look pretty. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Face palm? Yeah. Face palm. Um, but it still just felt like... Like, wasn't the whole dialogue just super vanilla? Like, all of it? Yeah, it's still not, like, great. It still wasn't good. No, it still wasn't great. Like, it's still, like, not well done, dumb. But, like, at least this time around, like, I could follow the action. I enjoyed it. Um, The Human Torch learns a lesson. He learns a lesson this time. Right, right. He learns that he shouldn't be a dickhead all the time. I thought a very odd thing about this movie was that Vanessa Lachey was his date. 
<laughs> for the first wedding or the fifth one, whatever you want to call it. What was that weird thing she said? They're like, how does it dating the human torch? Oh my God. And she's like, a lot of aloe vera. Yeah, yeah. So is he burning her vagina? I think it's just that he burns women because he dates them all. That's safe. Um, yeah, she also says fireproof lingerie and then i'm thinking is there a market for fireproof lingerie that i'm just not tapped into is is that out there somewhere i don't think so right and then also they mentioned they show juliana rancic after once again they you know infer that jessica alba is naked and i was like oh wow there's somebody who has since then been canceled (laughs) it's like oh that's Fun. Like, look at young Juliana Rancic before she said awful things about Zendaya. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Ugh. What a time. <laughs> what a time. This- also, um, what were your thoughts on uh, Michael Chiklis's suit for this one? His, his big thing outfit. I think it was better. And also, I liked watching yeah. him in the wedding attire. It was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked him a little bit more in this. It felt like he was just more natural. Yeah, that's what I'll say about um, this movie. It just mm-hmm. felt more relaxed. Like, it just felt more yeah. like, we're here to make a movie. We These characters are established. Let's just tell a story. And I think that mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Like, I thought it was a little bit more endearing. I didn't mind it. It's a big disappointment is a giant cloud. Right. There is a giant cloud in this movie. They did. That is supposed to be this, like, fearsome villain. And they had the audacity to tease Galactus, because when there's, like, a point where the, the giant cloud, like, shadows over a planet, and it shows Galactus's horns. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's mm-hmm. it. Like, that's all they do. And I'm like, oh, that's... Yeah. Like, you know what's weird? It kills me, and I've heard other people say this. It was the era in the 2000s where, like, they we're still too afraid to fully commit to comic booky, you know, ridiculousness. Yes. But you're also in a movie where there's the the thing. Like the thing is here, he's made of rocks. Like that like once you do he's the thing, you have you, you've already done it. He's a big old rock boy. Like you can't be afraid to um, go ridiculous when you've already made the thing. Do you remember the bit where Reed Richards thinks he's super cool dancing at the bachelor party. It was unbearable. It was so cringy. And as the girls are like, oh my God, like get up and dance. I was like, oh no, please. please." Like you can feel it before it happens. Yeah. Like, please don't do this. And then he's like stretching and I'm like, is this, was this supposed to be cool in 2007? Was he supposed to seem like a hot, cool guy for doing this? Like, this came out the same year as Spider-Man 3, right? Yeah, So you've got wow. two very cringeworthy dance scenes. I can definitely at least say that Spider-Man 3 meant for it to be insufferable. Yeah. I don't think that this was meant to be insufferable. No, they meant this to be like, he's actually cool. And it's like, yeah. I just find it unpleasant anytime I see him use his stretch powers. Right, right. It's just uh, very unpleasant. That was weird. Yeah. There were some things I just couldn't help but focus on, like Jessica Alba's terrible wigs. Yeah, I was going to say, I noticed it this time. Yeah, yeah. She was wearing wigs. Okay, uh, yeah. I've, I've <laughs> and wigs are not your strong suit. No. No. 
But it's like you could see the seam of when it like leaves her forehead and the hair starts. Yeah. It was bad. Uh, um Yeah. And Andre Brower. Yes, that so the plot of this movie is there's weird seismic activity happening on the planet and the government wants mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four to figure it out, but they're also trying mm-hmm. to get married and the government doesn't like the Fantastic Four or trust them. So they bring on Dr. Doom as like a means to also help figure out what's going on. And then they learn the that's... lesson of not trusting Dr. Doom again. Right. That's my favorite old comic trope. And I mean favorite in a, like a very ironic, sarcastic kind of way. It's like, we don't trust these weirdos who are the heroes, but we'll trust the villain who's also a weirdo, but he's on our side. Uh-oh, he duped us. Yeah, it's like, okay, I get Dang it. I get not trusting the Fantastic Four. They've definitely killed people. But yeah. at least they didn't and- mean to kill people. Like with Doctor Doom, you know he intentionally meant to kill people. Right, who are you going to trust? These four people who like are kind of dorky which i feel like this one definitely does embrace the dorkiness of fantastic four a little bit more yeah um excuse me or do you trust the guy who looks like emperor palpatine oh my god after palpatine had the shit kicked out of him yeah who do you trust i don't know so let's go with emperor palpatine i do have to ask um this is my official haircut watch my haircut watch so okay fantastic four one versus this one which one did chris evans have better hair for you know i had a feeling you're gonna ask me that and i would say it's definitely this yeah this one i like his hair better in this one yeah although he definitely has these like huge jeans on at some point like they're looking out into the sky and all i could see is his jenko jeans yeah he did have the big jeans yeah, he did. Um, something I did notice, too, and I don't know if you noticed this, but when they get on the plane and the whole joke is that the thing has to sit in the middle. Yeah, they get... There are two people. Yes. They get put there on are two coach. People. They get put on coach. Yeah, they get put on coach. And he's got to sit between two people. He's got the middle seat. Oh, no, what's he going to do? They show two people on either end of the aisle... And then he sits down in the middle, and that woman in the window seat is gone. Yeah. And then they show her again, and she's there, and she's, like, scrunched up. And I'm like, how could you not know that you made that mistake? Yeah. It's a bad continuity error. Yeah. And then in general, I mean, I I just, I think that, you know, this is um, a flaw of early 2000s movies that involve any kind of action but i think that they just did susan storm dirty by making her only focus on the wedding she's not an idiot obviously if there is like a global crisis happening that is beyond our understanding of you know astronomy i think she'd be like okay we got to put off the wedding like that's just a reasonable thing to me oh yeah i get that I get that. Yeah. Also, uh, Brian Posehn, metalhead comedian, is mm-hmm. the is the priest. Yes. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He hasn't. I haven't he's seen him a great. lot in anything recently. Like he was big on this Sarah Silverman show, and he's done a few stand ups, he and he's been in a few 
he's been, I think he's been in a bunch of Rob Zombie's movies because, of course, he is. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was also on a show I used to watch a lot when I was sick at home called Just Shoot Me. <laughs> he was in that show. Yeah, this was definitely, he was definitely like a peak. His peak was in the aughts, I have to say that. Yeah, sure. I wonder what he's up um, to now. Yeah, who knows? Hopefully um, I'm always afraid to look up people at this point now because I'm afraid that I'll find out that they're like huge anti-vaxxers um, and insurrection supporters, supporters. Yeah, I hope he's not canceled. Yeah, I mean, he's probably not. I just, I'm like triggered. Yeah. He's been, oh, I'm you know. Like, oh, what's this person up oh, to? Oh, he's, he's the opposite of canceled. He was in Steven Universe. Oh, amazing! <laughs> like perfect. You can't, you're very. You can't do Steven Universe and not be woke. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he played apparently a pretty significant character. I don't know. That's cool. He's also cool. a character in the Minecraft story mode. <laughs> Minecraft annoys the shit out of me. Wait, it's just not my. There thing. was a Ginger Snaps TV series. Oh, I thought it was based yes. off the movie. No, it's a, it's a, it's a cartoon. Never mind. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I, I can see that. And he's in it. He plays a character in it. I mean, he's got a great speaking voice. Yes. I'm just gonna rustle about here. So if you hear some noises, I got my booster shot because some people aren't doing the right thing by getting the first shot so i gotta get a third shot so i'm just lying in bed while we record all good and i am uncomfortable <laughs> you should still go get the shot though just throw yeah. that out there do not do not take my complaining protect, for discomfort protect yourself and your loved ones yeah exactly i want to see friends in the city and i feel the best way to do that is to get the booster yeah fair Oh, what are your what are your neighbors doing? No, that's an airplane. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alright, so we I feel like I even though I found this movie a lot more endearing and I did enjoy it, like I actually had fun mm-hmm. watching it. There's still it's mm-hmm. still hard to talk about at length. Actually we should talk about General Hagger. Yeah. We should talk about him. Uh Captain Raymond Holt. No, General I Hagger. Just, I, no, no, his name in Brooklyn Nine-Nine is Captain Raymond Holt. Is it? Yeah, yeah, that's why I was, ex- that's why I texted you just Andre Brower oh, this morning, because he's did. Holt. Okay, I get what you're saying now. It took me a yeah. second. Yeah, have you ever watched, have you ever watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I watched the first season, and I just, I really okay. liked it, but for some reason didn't follow up with it. You should finish it. It's definitely... I feel like it's a little formulaic, but in a good way. Joe uh, just watched it all the way through for the first time. And it was just one of those things where when I knew a joke was coming, I was giggling before it hit. And Andre Brower is just so amazing in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's talk about General yes, Hager. So he comes in and he's like... I could very, very, very easily see how, like, this was originally intended to be Nick Fury. Totally. Like, he is playing that, like, guy in charge behind the scenes trying to run the show. I think maybe it would have been harder for their idea that the government was untrusting of the Fantastic Four if they had Nick Fury in it, because the whole point of Nick Fury is to make it happen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
So I think um, it makes more sense mm-hmm. to do it this way. But it is interesting to think at one point this was supposed to be Nick Fury. Yeah, because when they introduce him, I'm just looking at Andre Brower and I was like, he could have been an early aughts Nick Fury. Yeah. That, that'd be fine. Now, I wonder you if know. the decision to not do that had anything to do with like, because a year later, Iron Man would come out. Mm-hmm, and I wonder mm-hmm. if like Kevin Feige, you know, who still playing, like even though like Kevin Feige is still like a heavy producing hand in all these movies. So I wonder if he had like in mm-hmm. the back of his mind, like, yeah, we should wait to use Nick Fury. Like, I wonder if that was what it was. So that transitions me into my question. Mm-hmm. Did you know about what they wanted to do with the third Fantastic Four movie? Uh, I did hear something like, I think Jessica Alba was pushing to like have the Fantastic children in it. But that's right. all I heard. What'd you hear? Okay, so yes, Jessica Alba wanted to push to get like Frank Richards in it. Um, and that makes sense because they talk about children in the second one. Yeah. And the whole time I'm like, these people maybe shouldn't have kids. No. But then I'm like, yeah, sure, comic books, they're going to have kids. Um, so they had actually talked a lot about wanting to bring in a lot more of the Fantastic Four storyline. So I'm wondering if that's why they just sort of teased Galactus and they had future plans to bring him into the third one as like the big villain. Um, but they also wanted to introduce Black Panther yes. because Black Panther's origins is a Fantastic mm-hmm. Four story. It is. And they wanted to bring on, and I think this would have been so great, um, Jimon Hanzu as Black Panther. I did hear about this. That would have been, that's interesting because his okay. origin is in the Fantastic Four. Right. And I think also, like, he would have been a great Black Panther. Yeah, I can see that. And yeah. I know that for a while they've been trying to... There was... Try, they did try to make a Black Panther movie for a while. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, the, the idea was so, out there. But. I do feel like the second one is just sort of like a transition for a third movie. And, you know, it just seemed like things weren't getting picked up between the second and third movie, the way that things were getting picked up so quickly between the first and the second. Um, it seems like they were fully aware of the impact that The Incredibles had. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, really rushed to make the second one. Um, and then they also burned through a higher budget than they meant to. I'm kind of glad because it makes the thing suit look more bearable. Yeah, it's a lot more bearable. But- but I guess it just wasn't enough for them to make that decision quickly. And then by 2008, like you said, Iron Man comes out. And by then, it just feels like Fantastic Four cannot keep up with where Marvel is headed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They also had some issues with getting the rights to Black Panther. And then I think by the time that they were in talks of getting some partial use out of Black Panther, that's when the MCU is announced. It's you know, rolled back, they don't get the permits for it, or the rights to Black Panther, and then at that point they just call it quits. You know what's wild? Do you know that um, mm-hmm. this is like, I don't know if we should ever do this, but like a, maybe a feature, like a special episode we could do the Fan 4 stick, the one that came out in 2015. I don't know if I... Yeah, I kind of I, I feel like we just have to watch right, it now. Maybe we should, but like yeah. 
before that because i'm kind of curious to see what kind of hot garbage that is before that movie got made um marvel may tried disney marvel tried to make a deal with fox and they were like if you give us the fantastic four we'll extend Mm -hmm. the daredevil rights so you can try again and make another daredevil movie and Mm -hmm. fox said no because i I think what was happening is the rights to daredevil were coming up and Mm -hmm. they uh, marvel were like look if you want to keep daredevil just give us fantastic four and they were like no and they made that josh trank movie in 2015 and then we would eventually get the netflix daredevil which is one of the like better adaptations on a Netflix series. And uh, thank God now it's back in the universe because Charlie Cox, Charlie Cox is in Spider-Man as Daredevil, baby. Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio, like chef's kiss. Uh, I was listening to Never Seen It, the podcast where I like, I sent in that script um, once and I, I love their defense of Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black because he was like, Daniel Day-Lewis can play a mafia guy. Vincent D'Onofrio can play a mafia guy. Can Daniel Day-Lewis play a bug? <laughs> That's true. He has never I played a bug. I just don't know. And I'm like, Vincent D'Onofrio is an incredible bug. <laughs> That's it. That is a so great I'm so point. excited that they're both back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I loved that first. Actually, the first two seasons of Daredevil were really good. The third season is not bad either. I just think that after a wave of the other shows being a letdown and being kind of boring and also losing their pace, that it's easy to feel the same sort of lethargic feeling towards um, Daredevil season three. Yeah, that's what it was. It just felt tired and like, it's just unfortunate. But like, yeah, those first two seasons, I fucking love those. Yeah. Yeah, totally. They're so good. Um, I'm just so excited to see Vincent D'Onofrio continue to be Kingpin because like, we're not done with him. No. We're not done with Daredevil. We're not done. And I'm so glad. I'm excited to see where they go with Daredevil. But a yeah. whole bunch of new things happening. We got Blade, a new Blade. I know. When you told me Mahershala Ali is going to be Blade, I was like, yeah, I could see that. I could totally see that. A new um, Moon Moon Knight. I'm so excited for Moon Knight. That was the one that when I saw the rollout of the next like MCU, I, I texted Joe and I was like, Joe, Joe, they're doing Moon Knight of all heroes. Like that's that's exciting. It's an exciting time and um Galactus. Hopefully the new Fantastic Four will be fun. Yeah, Galactus, just a big cloud. Just, just a, a big, big old vape cloud. cloud. Just a big fucking... I'm trying to remember Just other big things babe. from this movie. What else happened in this That's movie? That's the thing. It's still not very good. Yeah, it's not. Like, it's just not memorable. No, it's not incredibly memorable. Oh, oh, oh. We do have to touch on the weird Japanese wedding at the end. Oh, yeah. It was so weird. And, and it, gets, it gets interrupted anyway. I know, like, why did they do that? Why did they add in some weird-ass, like, Orientalism and, like, 
Jap- Japanese exoticism, like, it's just so cringy. I get wanting to not do it in New York, like, because that's where, like, the media spotlight is. They're, you know, they're going to be yeah. seen. Everyone's going to want to know what they're up to. But, yeah, it was an odd choice to just put it in Japan. Because the finale yeah, of then... the movie's not even in Japan. No. It's in China. No. Yeah. They fight, they fought Dr. Doom in China. I totally forgot already. But the that movie, they were in China but the weddings happened. in Japan. The weddings in Japan. It's like, did they just want to dress up Jessica Alba? Yeah, in, probably. In a kimono. I mean, kimonos are gorgeous across the board. But it's just ugh. yeah, it doesn't make sense. Reads uncomfortably. But I will say, I'm glad that the Human Torch learned a lesson. Yeah, I guess a little bit. He learned a I lesson. don't know. That that didn't really do enough for me. He learned I, that he's I, gonna be sad and lonely if he keeps being a dickhead forever. Yeah, but then he burns the bouquet at the end, so I'm like, is that him not really learning his lesson? Like wouldn't it, it would still be a cheesy ending if she caught the bouquet, but if he does if he burned the bouquet, that makes me think he just didn't learn his lesson. Yeah, he probably didn't learn he's his like, lesson. Right. And that's usually what happens with womanizers. Yeah, they don't it's learn like, their lesson. They say they want to change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they made Carrie Washington ca- Washington's character like a little less cringy this time. Yeah, she wasn't... I liked her role. She was like, leave them alone. Let them live their life. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that was good. I don't think it was fair for Carrie Washington to always be the moral oh the yeah the woke the, the the wise token yeah yeah, yeah that yeah, i didn't so there's still that i didn't even catch that until you said it. i was like oh and because it's it's technically two stereotypes blind and black <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, i didn't even catch in the first that. one she was just blind and she puts on a little bit of this like forrest gump caricature of pe- people with disabilities uh, and then in the second one, she loses the caricature, but she's still blind and is, like, the moral of the plot. She's the one giving everybody advice. Yeah. And she should just be like, I'm fucking blind. I'm not dealing with this shit. I, you all have superpowers. Yeah, you're the ones with the powers. Or, you know what, better yet, you have a machine that can turn people into superpowers. How about fixing my blindness? Yeah, yeah. The only thing that I, I, I truly enjoyed, which was like on a tough level from Avatar The Last Airbender level of like blonde, blind comedy, because like what I love about Avatar The Last Airbender is Toph is always like making fun of her teammates for not realizing that she's blind is when um, the torch is like, have you seen the women I've dated? And she's like, no, <laughs> no I can't. She's literally blind. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> and he's like, oh, sorry, I forgot you're blind. It's like, yeah, you're right. You should feel uncomfortable now. Look at you, asshole. But <sighs> I don't know. And then the part where uh, Sue is complaining to her about the wedding. I'm like, dude, she she doesn't need this right now. No. Leave her out of this. Don't you have other friends that you can talk to about this? Also, um... I love the bit. Do you remember the bit where Stan Lee shows up as Stan Lee? Oh, oh. that was a good bit. And he's like, I'm Stan Lee. And he's like, no, you're not. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember any other uh, cameo that he's made where he flat out says, I'm Stan Lee. So that one was really fun. I think the only other cameo he did where he was actually himself was um, mm-hmm. in um, Captain Marvel. That's right. In Captain Marvel, he's on the subway and he's reading the script for Mallrats, which Kevin Smith is, oh, really? yeah, which Kevin Smith is in the movie Mallrats. So he, yeah, I don't know if it's like he, yeah, he cameos as Stan Lee in, in Captain Marvel. Oh, that's cute. I I think I'll watch Captain Marvel now. I feel like I'm really tired of the main arc of the MCU, but what is kind of exciting is that there's all this space now for the smaller stories to unfold. Yeah. So that's really exciting. Also, I just haven't been in the mood to watch TV shows lately. I've, like, only wanted to watch movies. That's fair. And I will say about, because I saw Captain Marvel in theaters when it came out, Mm -hmm. um, Mm-hmm. It's not as bad as people said, but it's definitely not okay. good. It's definitely, I think its biggest problem is editing, like, because the story is kind okay. of butchered up. Like, you start with Captain Marvel as, I don't know what the fuck they're doing upstairs. Yeah, it sounds like they're vacuuming. Yeah, I think we'll wrap it up soon, but, like, just to click yeah, on Captain yeah, totally. Marvel, like, it, it's like, it starts where the middle of the movie should be. Because, like, here's the thing, like, I think the performances are good, despite all the hate that Brie Larson gets, she is a phenomenal actor, and a very strong one, and, like, Mm. she has a passion to play this female hero, so, like, Mm -hmm. I like that, but it seems like the movie, the story is edited in a weird way where the pace doesn't build with it, like, there was definitely moments where I should have felt something. And I'm like, you know, if you had put all these scenes before this moment, I would have felt something, but I don't. Mm, and then there's like, wow. you know, this, and I, I consider myself a strong advocate and feminist person, but, you are. but I don't necessarily care for when it feels forced. And I think, yeah, I think it, yeah. it feels like a cop out, like, Oh, you know, great. You know, don't tell a great story. Just throw this, bit of dialogue where although there was this funny bit where there was like a motorcyclist who was like you should smile more and she breaks his motorcycle i'm like that's kind of funny i i'm fine with oh that. see that's that's just nice yeah i'm like that's fine <laughs> that just sounds great yeah but like yeah sure. it's a fine movie but i'm not gonna say it's incredible i'm gonna say you'll enjoy watching it if you're also doing something else okay yeah like it's a good background movie yeah yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I felt about this one in comparison to the first Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four 2 at least seems like a movie that when I was a kid and I was homesick and I would just scroll the movie channels, I would have landed on that at some point. Exactly. Yeah. So, not too different than how I ended up watching it today. Fair. So, yeah. is it time to ask yes. the question? Let's ask the questions. Do you think this movie would Tom. hold up today? I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's actually a good point. <laughs> if it's on FX, sure, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Especially compared to the last Fine. one. There are definitely some uncomfortable odds things, like Julia Ran- Juliana Rancic and, you know, Carrie Washington's role with the group. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was but, no like, reason to have her completely naked on the streets of Manhattan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, Jessica Alba, that whole thing. 
you know, I also hope that they would this time, if they were to do it again, that she'd be able to cry like a normal person. Yeah. And emote like a normal person. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I think it's fine. Like, it's fine if it's on TV. It's good background. Like, it's surprisingly more, like, I did not anticipate me actually having, but here's the thing. I enjoyed it, but I was doing other things. So right, I'm like, oh, this is a right. bit nice. I like this. But, like, I wasn't right. sitting there focused on it. Right. Especially after the last right. one where I tried doing that. My brain hurt. I couldn't do that again. Oh, my God. It hurt to watch the first one. It was very, very upsetting. Yeah. I also just, I could have done without Doctor Doom the entire movie. Yeah. Like, I don't think that he really needed to be there at all. But... I feel that. So, Tom. Yes. I want to get you out of here, so I'll, I'll ask you the second question. Mm-hmm. What has been your obsession this week? Euphoria. Oh! I love yeah. Euphoria. Oh, I can't get into that only because I'd be too worried about those teens, but it seems really good. It's very good. The music's great. The, like stylistically it's such a strong creative show like it's so good stylistically it's gorgeous um i also love that in the second season there's this character i forgot her name she's like the girlfriend of a drug dealer that fez has to watch over and she got the role because she played one of the characters in a porn parody yeah she's a porn star and played i think jules in a porn parody and the showrunners were just like do you want a role on the show Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's hilarious. It is great. The show is... Yeah, I've noticed this about the show. There's a character named Nate. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if you're going to watch it, Courtney, but I will just say this bit about Nate. Nate is the jock bully. He does some Mm -hmm. genuinely evil things. Is that Jacob Ellardy? Is that Jacob Ellardy? Is he, like, Australian? Really tall, giant man? Yes. Yeah. Who definitely is too big to be a high schooler. I know. The way he holds hands with his girlfriend in the first season, I'm like, oh my god, she's so tiny. Yeah, yeah, that's him, that's him, that's him. So, like... Okay, okay. He, like... He's, like, his father is a piece of shit who, like, regrets being a piece of shit because his father is, like, a town... Like, very wealthy, influential man in the town. But he's, like, a closeted gay man. And the son... he's The son has known this for, like, since he was six... So he's been very angry and resentful for, like, this weird, like, forced macho masculinity put onto him. But then the son okay. doesn't help himself by doing all the things he shouldn't do. By, like, beating up his girlfriend in season one. Beating up his girlfriend. Um, he also calls the police a lot. Like, it's... Oh. I'm, I'm surprised that, like, it's not a meme. Because mm. whenever he wants something done... He always like he always sets up the frame by somebody and just goes, I like to report a crime. And I'm like, that's a that's a meme wow. right there. I sort of like though that they highlight that as a flaw. Yeah. But, that's but he himself might be queer because like he has some exploration of queerness. And like he does mm-hmm. one he has one actually redeeming moment in the first season. And it's addressing mm-hmm. the beauty and power of Jules, the the trans character mm-hmm. so like that's mm-hmm. but he also fucks her over pretty badly sure but like 
I've noticed that like he's a conflicting character because he plays it so well and I'm following the story and I hate him, but I also want redemption. I'm like, I can see redemption for this guy. That's good though. I feel like that's yeah. good when you can write a character like but, that. But uh some people just like uh Claude, I'm saying Claude. A lot of people Claude. not just Claude, but Claude simp over this character hardcore. They love Nate. Oh okay, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because that's where I've sort of seen some that show and this is us. I feel like it's clear to see some innate sexism that exists in people. I'm not saying that specifically about Claude, but I'm saying it about other people who have mentioned that show to me. And like somebody that I love dearly told me like they don't want a daughter because they've seen Euphoria oh, and I'm like the guys do bad the shit guys too. The guys do worse shit. Yeah. Also, you know what will help prevent your children from making mistakes? Being honest with them. Yeah, like don't Just, be an yeah, asshole. The, the kids that get dicked <laughs> over the most are the ones with parents who aren't honest with them. Like, like, cast, yeah. like I will say, like, there's some, like not every character's like that either. Like, there are characters who are very mm-hmm. like they haven't explored asexuality on the show yet, but I'm not surprised if they do. Like, there's. Not every character is like that. It's just that the main characters are like that. Right, but like, right. Someone said this. I, one of my friends on Instagram posted a picture of Nate. And I responded. I said, fucking Nate. And this was her response. This was her legit mm-hmm. response. I want him to beat the shit out of me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I guess if it's consensual, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about those sexual dynamics to speak on it. Yeah, people... I do think that that actor would be very interesting in if, okay, if for whatever reason, like, they decided to remake Rocky Horror Picture Show again, I think he would be a great Brad. Yeah. Or a a great Rocky. Mm -hmm. Like, either or. I think he'd be really good at that. Oh, 100%. You know what's weird is that when it comes to Rocky Horror Picture Show, like, all the stage performances, um, like, I love watching the show live. Mm-hmm. But like every t- that that particular role of Rocky is usually played by mm-hmm. a what, like someone who identifies as a woman, which I think is cool for a bit. But part of me wonders, is that a deliberate choice or do they just have a harder time finding a man to play that role? Why not both? Or why not both? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, he could. Def- that would be amazing, actually. I think I think that would be so fun. Yeah. But that's um, just did thoughts. you also? That's fair. Did you also hear that Tom Holland was hanging around the set of Euphoria a lot, and he may be lurking in the background that in would some be of the fucking shots? Awesome if he was. So, yeah, uh, they posted some cast photos of them like shooting, and he's just like waving in the background. That's awesome. God bless him. Yeah, they're so cute. Um, my obsession has been. Encanto. What's that? Encanto. Oh, the, the, Disney, the Disney movie. movie. Okay. Oh my god, it's so good! I had no idea I was going to love it as much as I did. I just, like, I after we watched Fantastic Four, I was like, I have to do something else today. I have to watch a different movie. And I just put it on to be like, okay, like, people seem to like this. Like, whatever, it's a Disney movie. And I'm watching it. I have it on in the background. 
and then the chorus for surface pressure starts and I literally stopped in my tracks and was like what is happening in this song what is happening in this movie and I just fell in love with it so that's awesome. I've been falling asleep with like the family madrigal stuck in my head that's awesome so it's it's such a good movie. I love all of the content that people are making about it, the artwork, the, the fan theories, the like parodies on YouTube and TikTok. I love all of it. It's just it's a great story. The only villain is generational trauma. <laughs> like it's a villain we can all get behind. Yes, I so. agree. I've been meaning to watch it cuz I did hear good things. It's really good, and what I really love about it is, like, it's about a family, you have your protagonist, Mirabelle, but they make the time to give them all story arcs that you can get behind, and they see them all through, which I think is so amazing. And they use the traditional Disney animated tactic of, like, you can tell a story without using dialogue, Mm. and they do it so well, I was sobbing in the middle of the movie, like, just pure genuine tears and it was just so good i'm glad to hear yeah i, I definitely suggest it all right do you want to wrap yeah, it here that's it let's do all it all right guys thank you so much for tuning into the fantastic four part two rise of the silver surfer norman rad thank thank god we're done with this part of the series but do we do we commit to doing should we just do fan four stick yeah, I think we should. should be the Let's next like one? what we're we're already in the Fantastic Four that <sighs> I feel like we should just commit. All right, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm I'm ready for this. I got a burp. Burp. Yeah. I burp. All right, so guys, keep an eye out for that. But be sure to follow us on the mm-hmm. Instagram at Remember the Zero Zero S Podcast, and you can find our podcast where mm-hmm. most podcasts are found, which include Google, Spotify, Amazon, Amazon. And where um, Apple people listen to things. Yes. Um, I'm still not going to wear Crocs. And have a good day. (laughs) Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to join Reed Richards and Sue Storm together in holy matrimony. What is it? Venice is sinking into the Adriatic. Oh, boy. That's a biggie. Can we just skip to the end? Yeah, uh, the love these two share. No, the very end. Yeah, great. Uh, you have the rings? Oh. Oh, yeah. I now pronounce you man and wife, and you may kiss the bride. We should get out of here. Yeah. Gotta go on. Okay. I have to throw the bouquet. Ready? (laughs) Heads up, Johnny. Sorry. Reflex.